Shooters Connection offers products for competition shooters by competition shooters. With over 80 years of combined competition shooting experience, Shooters Connection is staffed by master and grandmaster shooters who live the shooting sports every day. Every day. We offer same-day shipping. Shooters Connection also sponsors over 100 of your matches every single year. So when it comes to finding everything you need to compete as a beginner or a seasoned grandmaster, Shooters Connection is the only name you need to know. Online at ShootersConnectionStore.com. What is up? The Hit Factor Podcast is back with special guest Jeff Cawthon, GM, single-stack shooter. So special. And myself, Jeremy Reed. Uh, sorry we missed last week. Uh, we I was actually driving back from Western States Single Stack Classic and driving through the lovely state of New Mexico on I-40 through the reservation. Mm. Uh, there's Indian reservations out there. And I-40 was just shut down. Eastbound I-40 was shut down to fix potholes. And, and it was shut down for like two and a half hours. Oh. Uh, so I sat there in my truck on the highway with nothing to do, but except I needed to pee uh, for two and a half hours, having no idea when they were going to finish or not. And uh, there were, since I was in the middle of reservation, there are no side roads. There's no, there were no options to turn around or do anything else. So, so I did not, we did not get mm-hmm. home in time for me to record last week. So that's yeah, my bad. Yeah. I'm actually surprised bad. we're recording tonight because we were supposed to record last night. And Jeff, yeah, uh, I don't know if he took his Metamucil too early or what, uh, but it was he just needed to sleep. He was too tired, and he at nine o'clock he was in bed and asleep, and it was just it was too much for him. So here we are, we're recording tonight. Yeah, dude. I mean that's. That's kind of like my bedtime these days. It's about nine o'clock. Like I get to get the kid in bed. Sometimes I'll like clean up the kitchen a little bit, and I'll bail on a podcast, and then I'll go to sleep. <laughs> That's what I do. <laughs> yeah. No, if if I have podcast to edit, sometimes I'll stay up till like nine thirty and try to get some work done on that. But nope, the morning comes early, so we get in bed. Tape the mouth, put the nose strip on, <laughs> pass out. <laughs> does it? Okay. Does a- does Aaron notice that it like you snore less? That I snore louder? Less. Oh, I don't know. She's not commented. Oh, I don't know. let me ask her. Do I snore more with the mouth tape or less? She says she thinks a little less. Oh, there you go. All right. So next time I have to room with Jeff, I'm just going to take a big old piece of duct tape and wrap it around his mouth a few times. And (laughs) it should work. I mean, he'll snore less one way or the other. All I use is... Like that uh, physical therapy tape, like the cloth stretchy tape that they use for like K-tape? muscle support. You see it on athletes. I don't know what it's called, okay? Yeah, it's K-tape. I don't know. Well, I use the off-brand from Walmart. So yeah, it's like same. a massive roll. Same thing. And I cut it into like little one-inch squares. Maybe less than one inch. Probably like one inch by half inch. And that's all I use. I just stick it right here underneath my mustache. <laughs> <laughs> Boom. That's it. Okay. That's awesome. It, what, whatever you say, man. Uh, have you not tried it yet? No, I don't. I don't have problem like snoring or nothing. Oh, cool. Well, I'll bring you some to Ozarks. Okay. And I'll tape that puppy up. Okay. I think everybody in the in the room should use it. Uh, we're, I think we're gonna have two two hotel rooms. Oh, well, that's not as fun. So, okay. So we are shooting Ozarks coming up. Uh, that actually kind of brings me into like, I'm actually kind of excited about this season. I'm starting to get, starting to get like geeked up. I'm more excited about this season than I have been probably the last two previous seasons. 
starting to get things kind of planned out uh, as far as matches that I want to go to. I've signed up for some matches uh, and then have some other ones that I need to get signed up for. Uh, I don't think I don't know if Area Three registration is open or not, so that's one that I need to get signed up for. But I am I am kind of excited about this season, and I did just finish shooting uh, Western States last weekend, which yeah uh, was I mean it's a terrible time of the year for me to try to shoot a match uh, as far as uh, it's just a terrible time of year. Um, it's it's just too cold and the weather's too unpredictable to try to get trained up for it. And so, but it just became a match that I went to go shoot with Bob and Nils and Jessica and, uh, just have fun. And that's what we did. So that was, that was good. Um, but I did get a lot, I did get some good value. I actually kind of took notes on my long drive home when I was sitting there, on the interstate doing nothing. I kind of took some notes uh, for the match, which I don't always really? take notes. Yeah. I know it's kind of a little bit shocking. Are you going to share them with us? Yeah. Are you going to share them? Yeah, I'll share them. Awesome. Cool. Yeah. Because um, it was it was a good match, uh, and it was valuable. I, I, didn't, I didn't place all that well. Um, where did I finish? I don't remember which actual place I was, but... Wasn't it like ninth? I think it was ninth. It, it very well could have been. Hold on. I'll look it up. Uh, I say it, I'll look it up. It was ninth. Nils won. There was nobody within uh, 10% of Nils at that match. So really? That, 10%? Yeah, everybody was in the 80, 80, 89% something, 89 point something was second place, uh, which actually was one of the Williams sisters. And I would try to say which first name, whether it's Jay Lee or Justine, but I forget which one is which. It was the younger of we, the two. I mean, yeah. I'll pull it up so that we can give them a proper shout out. Okay, it was Justine. Justine was second um yeah damn so nils at 100 percent, justine at 89.2 percent and then robert crow robert croft at 88.2 percent yeah yeah so you know and i i mean honestly i've said this on like the discord like I don't read anything really into results like this time of year as far as, yeah. you know, Bob being third or whatever, 88% that, you know, or Elias being fourth or, or anything like that. Even, even where I finished, I don't read a whole lot into it uh, because it's so early in the year. Like people are not trained up at all. And yeah. So like, it's just, it's it's really you can't really read too much into these results uh, as far as as far as that's concerned the one thing that that is evident is that nils is still nils and nils lives in phoenix where the match is held and i'm not saying he had home court advantage i mean he he does but i'm not saying that's why i'm there but just that he shoots year round like there's there is no off season in phoenix as far as like local matches and stuff like that um, and I think yeah. he stays yeah. fairly busy. I don't, you know, his major match schedule is less busy during December, January, February, but he's still busy shooting matches and runs a match and, and doing all that sort of stuff. Uh, yeah. yeah. And lots of the people in the country are not, not doing that. Um, so as far as like my finish, uh, yeah, it, I mean, not happy with at ninth place at 82 and a half percent. Uh, it's not, not great. Um, I had, there was one stage, uh, it was pretty early on in the match. There were, there were four poppers and there was one on that were stacked. Two of them, basically two of them were stacked. You had a big popper, uh, in front of a mini popper. 
So you you shot shot the big popper, then you shot two other pieces of steel, and then transitioned back and shot the mini popper behind the big popper, and actually shot steel really really well at this match. But so I shot the first three and came back, had a clear sight picture on that little one, shot, heard it heard it hit, and transition moved off out of that. That was my last shot out of that port. And moved on outside of that and and shot. And I look back as soon as I finished shooting. And he looked back and, like, there's a mini popper that's still just standing there. And it's like, well, I could have gone back and spent, like, maybe three or four seconds uh, to shoot it again. It's like, well, that's probably not worth it uh, at that point. And so I take a miss and go and look at it. Sure enough, it was one of those big MGM poppers that have a – big piece of rubber at the on their base and that thing big big popper goes down hits that bounces up uh somebody actually had video of it oh. and it bounced up and yeah. my bullet deflected i mean you could see like my my first hit that was impacted on it and my next one was dead center graze just grazing up uh yeah. and like well nothing i can do about that cuz i'm not going to sit around and wait to watch a piece of steel fall and I called the shot perfectly good and heard a really, really definitive clang. And so like you even the time, the bounce, man. Yeah. Time that bounce back. Well, yeah, apparently I needed to, but you know, that like <laughs> that would move me from ninth to sixth in, in that one, in that one shot. Uh, oh, I got you. So, you know, I mean, I'm sure those other guys in front of me had had similar things where they could, you know, they could take something like that, too. Um, But my my kind of uh, thoughts on the match overall, uh, as far as just kind of my experience. First, this was the first match I've shot since Area 3 of any kind, like local, anything last year. Yeah, this is the first match I've shot. Uh, and my first stage of the match was six rounds at 50 yards. <laughs> so that's, uh, and it was, it was, it was cold. It was, it was quite cold that morning. Um, so that was, that was kind of fun. Uh, Mills. Was it on paper or steel? This is on paper. It was a standards, standard stage. So had to shoot oh, six rounds in yeah. under six seconds on a turtle target at 50 yards. Uh, so I shot it and, and Nils was, was standing there before we moved up. Cause you kind of shot it in, we had four people on a line, you shot next person shot, and then you moved up and shot at mm. 25, 15 and 10. Uh, Nils like, so how, how'd you feel about that? I said, well, I felt like I had three good shots and three not so good shots. And, uh, sure enough, we go and look at the target and there's three that are like, literally like, it's like a three inch group or maybe even smaller like covering the yeah. a and then three complete misses. Uh, and it was, oh it was literally like, I mean, it was just literally like I made, I was able to make myself make three good trigger presses. And then the other, yeah. the other three, I wasn't able to make myself make three good trigger presses. Um, and it, you know, it is what it is. Uh, first stage of the match, 50 yards, like, okay, that's going to kind of be how it goes. I scored 95 points on that standard stage. So I was actually, that was kind of, that's kind of actually was like, if I can get 95 points, like it's not a great run, but I'm not, not giving up too much to the field at that point. Like a one Oh five would be a a really solid run. I I think Nils won with like a one Oh eight or something like that. Uh, So one Oh five would have been a great run. So at 95, 10 points off of a great run. Okay. Not too bad. Not too big a deal. Um, the interesting thing, and I don't know if it was because of lack of preparation or not going to this match, I actually didn't have nerves. Like normally I get fairly nervous first couple of stages and have to kind of work through that. And nerves weren't really a yeah. thing. And I don't know if that's, uh, you know, sometimes the more you effort you put into training and practicing and, and stuff, then the more nervous you get because you just have more more invested in it. Um. I was much more yeah, I think more uh, focused think on the process. The yeah. Um and so then our first like three stages were kind of stand and shoot because our next couple were little short stand and shoot stages. 
uh, and those went fine. Those were all good. And then got to our first uh, field course of the match, which again, for I hadn't even shot a field course in practice or anything. And mm-hmm. like the first position, you kind of shot like four rounds, and then you transition to a without moving your feet, you transition through a window, through a port, and shot a couple couple pieces of paper that had some no shoot on them, and for some reason I haven't done this in a long time. Like I started to move, like I took a couple steps out of that position before I realized, Oh yeah, I'm supposed to shoot these no shoots. And I came back and just, just rushed those no shoots. Cause I was kind of, I kind of panicked cause I, I moved too early and ended up having one mic and I hit two no shoots, uh, in, in that position. So, uh, yeah, that 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 really hurt giving up uh giving up that many points right there with that. Yeah. That was kind of that was pretty painful. Uh and that shows shows a lot in the overalls where that would have been, but um and then kind of finished the match and and it was just you know, grip issues, all that stuff was was tough. Um so to get get into my notes, uh, I did. I shot steel, as I said earlier. I shot steel really, really well at this match, better than probably any match in in my career. I don't think I've ever shot steel as well as I did. I think I had uh, two makeups, and one of those I actually edged it, uh, like for the whole match, and there was quite a bit of steel. Uh, I mean, not like a ton of steel, but there's a decent amount of steel and I just, I shot it really well. I was probably more visually patient at this match than I've ever been as far as making sure that like, I'm like, I'm seeing the sights and seeing the sights aimed where I want to see them, um, before I start shooting. Uh, and so that was, that was really good. Like I was happy to see that and hopefully I can continue shooting with, with that type of visual patience. Um, problem was was that i felt like i was waiting on my sights to show up on target almost every position i went to it's like i'm sitting there aiming it's like i should be shooting now but i'm not the sights aren't where they're supposed to be Um, like you're sitting there trying to steady the sights is that what you're saying yeah steady them try to find them like like just yeah just like where are they like they're not they're not pointing at the a zone like so i can't start shooting yet um, and so that, I feel like that was something pretty typical of like being out of practice. Yes. Yeah, for sure. Uh, I, I think so. And so like that was hopefully something that's something that can just get fixed. I've changed my, added a little bit to my dry fire. Uh, and I've often, my dry fire has always been really short little drills. Like, you know, maybe a draw, a movement and a reload and maybe another movement like, but not usually any more than that. And it's kind of like, Hey, I don't, I don't necessarily have to get as many reps on draws and reloads and I can really get a lot more reps just on coming into positions and transitions and just do like really long extended runs at a single time. Uh, Almost just going running back and forth from position to position, to position, to position, position, uh, maybe, maybe enter like 10 to 15 positions. Um, and that has been, that's actually, I think, I think I'm starting to see a little bit of improvement in site acquisition. Uh, the other thing that's, that's been good for me for is it gives me an opportunity to practice maintaining a really firm grip for a more extended period of time, not just try to establish it just off the draw for a couple of targets and then reload in a couple of targets. Um, so that's been a, that was, I, I, that may be a really good thing, um, out of that, uh, other notes, um, my grip was really inconsistent at this match. Uh, sometimes I just didn't grip the gun hard at all. And so the gun was going everywhere. Sometimes I was locked down so tight that I couldn't manipulate the trigger. <laughs> uh, and mm. I just couldn't, yeah. couldn't move my trigger finger. And so, that that was something that needs needs a lot of uh a lot more work um 
And then really like, I think the other thing to say on, on a lot of this is that, uh, I didn't have anything to sacrifice to go, to go faster. Like I needed to go faster. Like I wasn't, I wasn't shooting fast enough. Um, but I didn't have it. Like I couldn't. Um, and there were, there were a few times where like I would shoot an array and I would do everything right. It's like, Oh, Hey, I could be shooting faster. Like the sights are there and I'm, and I, but I wasn't shooting faster because I, the ray before the sights weren't tracking or doing exactly what they weren't. So I had to shoot slower on the one before. And so it was just really, that was really inconsistent uh, as far as trying to figure out how fast I could go or couldn't go. Um, and yeah. Yeah. So again, that's, I think that's some rust mm-hmm. issue. Uh, I need to get some more match experience and that's, that's what I'm excited for, for the season. I think I've got like another seven majors that I'm planning on shooting, which is a decent amount. And then try to figure out some way to either run some locals at my place. Uh, there's a couple of different locals that are about an hour and a half, two hour drive away. So maybe try to try to go to those. Um, I've got a buddy that lives close by that's going to Ozarks with us. Uh, try to do some more, um, training with him. Uh, at least if he's, he'll be down for it, uh, to where we actually set up some stages and, and shoot some stages like yep. that, uh, with somebody else. That's a, a really good shooter, uh, and get some stage pressure and, and things like that. Um, because I think that is where Niels is so much better than everybody else is like, He's, I was asking him, I think he's like, he's signed up for like 25 majors this year or like that's on his schedule. Yeah. I don't know if he's signed up for him. And that, I mean, that does, that's not just USPSA that he shoots some IDPA matches. Uh, he shoots some multi-gun matches and you know, like that Prairie fire match and stuff like that. It's not steel challenge. Uh, he'll shoot the, the steel challenge world speed shooting deal so i mean he's not it, those aren't all just uspsa but that's a lot like that's a lot of major matches where you're just having to perform uh and then he you know he has he lives in phoenix and rio salada is ridiculous for the number of matches they have available to him like it's literally if you want you can shoot one every night of the week some sort of practical shooting match like is is available to you um and I think he and Jessica, they have their own local that they run. Uh, I, I can't remember if it was once a month or once a week, but he, you know, he shoots a, he says he shoots like a local once a week and then he's traveling to that many majors. Like that's a lot of match experience. That's just really, really, that's really beneficial. Uh, I think there's, there's a balance and everybody's different, but there's a balance between training time and performance time and figuring out the best way that you can balance that to perform at your peak. Um, and probably the yeah. longer you've been in the sport, the more you need, the training time is maybe less, less important and the making sure you're getting enough matches in is maybe more important. I don't know. Other people might disagree with that, but yeah, I don't know. Hmm. Yeah, that would be an interesting thing to think more about. Yeah. Yeah, because there's some people that have been in the sport for a long time and they seem to only show up for big matches and then they yeah. still just do really well. Yeah. Uh, let's see. Other notes from that match. Uh, that was pretty well... That's pretty well what what my notes were from that match. Um, nice. So it left me with it left me with a good kind of. There were some really good positives from the match. I saw some good positives, uh, especially shooting steel. Yeah, steel like I did. Uh, the visual mm-hmm. patience was good. Um, so that that was all that was all really good. So hopefully we can we can continue doing those mm-hmm. starts those things well, and then be able to gain some speed back as far as just yeah 
stage management and having a little bit of something to sacrifice for being able to go faster. Nice. So I have a somewhat interesting topic that I've been wanting to talk to you about, which oh, great. is, let's hear it. I mean, it's not that interesting, but it's nationals oh. this year. So okay. nationals this year is interesting because it's like all the iron side divisions together, right? Yep. Isn't it? Yeah. And it's all, yeah. Yeah. They're all on the same division. days. Correct. Yes. Right. Okay. Yeah, so the, what does that all mean? the Irish divisions will be mixed in? Right. So what does that mean to you if you've thought thinking ahead, think towards nationals? What are you thinking if that's the case? Uh you gotta Anything quantify specific? that question a little bit more. Like, well, I mean, like the divisions will be a little bit more watered down because there's gonna be several divisions. Right? Uh, going mm -hmm. on at once. Um, yeah. I'll be quite curious to see who goes to shoot L10 to chase a national title. That'll yes. be interesting. Well, <laughs> it will. Just, just thinking about it. Oh, yeah, 100%. Um, so that's... that's <laughs> That's pretty much the the interesting thing that I'm that I'm getting at is like single stack is not very many like top shooters primary division like they'll shoot it when they Correct. can right so this yep. nationals all the people that are extremely dominant will likely be shooting other divisions so we're presented with an opportunity Correct. here for people that shoot single stack primarily you're presented with an opportunity to be somebody right you're like this is a good opportunity oh, to train sure. really hard like the last time was what what year was it i believe it was 2020 yeah yep well that's yeah it wasn't necessarily the same situation I, but that I, was a good opportunity year for for different reasons yeah i was gonna say that I wanted to say that was the year you got third, but then that because of the conversation, that sounds like I'm, I'm, I'm making fun of you. But I didn't get third no. that year, so I can't really be making fun of you. For that. <laughs> right. <laughs> right. Yeah. But that's the point. the The point is, like, that was a good opportunity year, and I made the most of it that year. You know, you didn't. And this year is another one of those years. This is one of those years where we have an opportunity to where, uh, well, one, you'd be stacking a lot of stress on yourself to be like, this is it. This is the one match. This is the only one that matters, right? And like, we kind of yeah. know how that goes. But it is an opportunity to train really hard and be really into it and kind of go all in uh, because you know the field's going to be a little thinner. Like, Personally, I don't really care if that field is a little thinner if I get to walk away with a national title. Like, I don't care. Not at all. Uh, yeah. Uh, I so mean, it's going to be curious your, to see what are your who thoughts shoots on that? it. Uh, I mean, yeah, Nils won't be shooting it. Uh, I assume he will be shooting production because um, that's the only canic that – only division he – well, I, he could shoot limited with his canic again, but I assume he's going to shoot production. Um so he won't be shooting it. Uh, I would not be surprised if Dave Savigny does not shoot it again, who was second last year um, at, at single stack. So it, I, I would really not be surprised at all if he shot, if he shot single stack again at this match. Uh, so, I mean, that Dave is really, really good. And we saw that last year uh, that he's really good. Um, this is a world shoot qualifying year. Uh, which hasn't been the case since 2019. Um, and so I, I think you will see like people that are trying for the single stack or classic uh, team for the world shoot. Like you're going to see some people that are going to be taking the match seriously, but yeah, they're not the, I don't know how many people off of my uh, power rankings, top 10 power rankings are going to be shooting single stack this year. Um, 
John yeah. Vlieger might. Uh, you know, he's he has shot. I have he has shot single stack in the in the past and and had good results with it. Uh, but then it, the other divisions that he's I've seen him shoot have been all have been carry optics and open. I don't know if I've seen him shoot uh, production. Now, if he's shooting carry optics, that's obviously a production gun that he could put iron sights on. Um, so, you know what what he does, I don't know. Uh, you'll have Elias there. You'll have Paul Kerr there. Uh, I'm sure. I don't actually know if Paul is going to shoot. Will shoot single stack, but I would be surprised if he didn't. That's his kind of favorite division, as far as what he has told me in the past. Um, you know, so you're going to have some really good shooters there. Obviously, still Mike Seeklander uh will probably be there rob latham i assume will be shooting it phil strader who knows what he'll i'm sure he'll shoot production uh to shoot a sig yeah to shoot that so um i think there will still be a decently deep field in single stack um Mm -hmm. but you're right we won't have the nils of the world shooting it um so yeah it is a good opportunity to to have have a really good match and try to do really well. Yeah, I think so. So that has me, that has me thinking a lot about how hard I want to go this year. How, because honestly, like I have not trained like I trained in 2020 since 2020. <laughs> um, yeah. So, so part of me is thinking like, do I want to do that again? I actually have more opportunity this year because I work. Uh, I only work four days a week now, so I actually have an extra yeah. day. Like I could shoot, I could shoot twice a week, which I've never been able to do before. Honestly, like to shoot consistently twice a week and not eat into the weekend. Like I could shoot twice a week and not shoot on the weekend. Yeah. Um, so. I'm I'm turning over all these different variables thinking what if, right? Like what if I did go hard this year? Not saying I am, but there's a what if there. Yeah. I mean, I I say go for it. I mean, worst case like at least let your motivate motivator be to make a world shoot team. You can always turn it down. Yeah. If you make it and like I don't actually want to go to South Africa. Uh, you can always say no and they can go to the next person on the list. Um, but you got to at least try to give yourself that opportunity to, to say no, whether you want to or not. Um, Mm -hmm. so yeah, that's a big motivator for me. Uh, you know, and to me, that's the challenge now of, of can I be competitive with two kids in the house and still do all the stuff with them that I need to. So not be able to train. Like I, I mean, I used to train a lot, uh, and that's, it's harder for me to do now, uh, from a time point, yeah. money standpoint, just, just all of that. It's just harder to do. And so can I, am I smart enough and to be able to figure out how to train effectively or to train more efficiently to get those results? Um, yeah, it'd be different. That I want to huh? get, um, and I've, I've kind of had the last two years to kind of, to kind of look into that and, and that it hasn't gone well, but I've, I think I've learned some things that, that do work and some things that don't. Um, yeah. and so, yeah, I'm, I actually am looking forward to this year, uh, from that standpoint of trying to be competitive, uh, and beating people that I haven't beaten in a while. Cause I just wasn't very good the last couple of years. Yeah. yeah, but I think I can. I think I've got some. I think I've got some things figured out in my shooting to, to fix some of that. I think. Lay down some law this year. Uh, I don't know. I don't know if I'll lay down a whole lot of law, but. Um. I'm gonna try. Right, we got some shout outs. Let's do these let's do these shout outs real quick. Yeah, I was just looking at those. Alright, so we got a shout out uh and these are our tier two patron shout outs. 
first one from Jay Headland shooting. Shout out to oh Jeremy, you're gonna have to say that name. Oh goodness, I saw it. Uh, it's it's a challenging name. Because is the G is it a hard G or a soft G? Uh, shout out to Jinjuro Quail for being a supreme sandbagger. Oh yeah. So it could be Jinjuro, it could be Genjuro, it could be Genjuro. Maybe it's Spanish. Uh, so the J is an H. Um, mm. but Mr. Quail. You are a supreme sandbagger, apparently, according to Supreme John Headland shooting. Supreme sandbagger. Yes. And then we have a shout-out from Billy McScrublord here, where he says, Shout-out to me. I am now B-class trash open shooter, 11 mics, 6 procedurals at Sunday's all-classifier match, 69% overall. <laughs> X X D D D D D D D D D. Oh, and then he says to clarify, I'm not shitting on B class people. I'm B class because I am A class carry optics, but my actual percentage is like fifty percent because I suck now. <laughs> oh man! Okay. Oh, Billy McScrublord. Nobody, there's nobody quite like Billy McScrublord. <laughs> no. So there's our uh, patron shout-outs there. Also, today's episode brought to you by Shooter's Connection. Shooter's Connection sponsors a ton of matches every year. If you have not used Shooter's Connection before, you should jump over to their website, shootersconnection.com. Use the link in the description to support the podcast. Let them know you came from here. Order something from them. They've got everything you need for shooting as far as targets, pasters, timers, they got all the holsters, they got all the mag pouches, tons of 1911 parts, get ready for single stack nationals. So go over there, check them out, use the link. They're doing same day shipping, assuming you order in a timely manner and not, you know, midnight. So, uh, I just you, ordered Connection. something from them today. Nice. So, and yes, got my notification that it was shipped already. Uh, I got a new, I'm rebuilding my old practice nine millimeter single stack gun, uh, which has like oh. 105, 108,000 rounds or something like that on it. And the slide finally cracked. Uh, so welding oh. up to frame rails, all new slide, whole new upper and the hammer that was on it, like the whole, like the entire spur had cracked off and broken off. So it was just like the flat part of the hammer, but it was still fire. So I was still using it, but I have yeah. never <laughs> used one of the Koenig, uh, low mass hammers. Yeah. Uh, it's made by EGW. Yeah. Um, I've never used, I've used the other EGW, um, hammer, but I haven't used that Koenig one. So I'm going to try the, the Koenig one on this one and see how it, See how it works out. And Shooter's Connection had it in stock. So, can't beat it. Oh, bam. Yeah. Noise. Uh, right, we so also have a recommendation from Jubies to uh, use the Discord dollars to buy a DWX and review it. I don't know if Jeff has enough Discord mm-hmm. monies right now to buy a DWX. DWX? Use Discord. Do we have enough money DWX. to buy it and review it? I don't know. I haven't been counting the pennies like everybody thinks I have, so I have to go look. He's spin it is what the is what he's saying. <laughs> Billy McScrubboard says we need to finish our backlog of questions. And yeah, we play yeah, a bunch. Uh, Billy McScrubboard also said Fitz wants to know what we plan on doing for the off season, uh, which is he has probably asked that before. Uh, well, he's been in the Discord, so he sees us post every day about what we're doing. I th- yeah, I think that's fair. Yeah. Oh, that's I have I have an observation that I think is is. Uh, so I went skiing this last weekend. I was snow skiing at Crested Butte. 
And uh, um, I've gotten better at skiing the last like three or four years because I've always, for for somebody who lives in Texas, I'm pretty decent snow skier now. Um, But it was a deal like three or four years ago, like I was really frustrated because I couldn't ski the mogul runs very well. Like I could, I could yeah. get down them, but it just wasn't very good. Like you see people that ski them and like, they just like, they just get down and zip down them and it's like, they just don't care. Right. It's no big yeah. deal. And that frustrated me that I couldn't do that. So like, I was like, forget it. I'm just going to live on mogul runs. And so that's what I did. Like the first, uh, at Crested Butte, uh, I had a, had a run that I lived on. There was kind of a shorter lift that, that serviced a mogul run right underneath it. That was good. And so I just, I literally just skied that run for like a year and a half, like just, just over and over and <laughs> oh over and gosh. over and over. Uh, I mean, like I skied, you skied other runs, but that was like probably 60% of what I skied for like a year and a half. Yeah. Um, and then like, and then last year started to really branch out to more uh, like the extreme terrain, the stuff that's off, that's off trail, yeah. that sort of stuff. And then this year, just more of the same, just, just trying to find the more extreme stuff. Um, and so then like, if I go skiing, like with my wife or like, there was another, another girl that was skiing with, uh, this last trip, uh, that's a friend of ours that they're not comfortable on, on bumps at all moguls at all. Like they're just not comfortable. And the, the reason why they're not comfortable is they, they feel like they have to like, try to plan like I'm going to like, I'm going to have everything planned out. I'm going to make this turn. Then I'll make this turn. Then I'll make this turn. And moguls mm-hmm. and stuff are never like, they're never consistent. Like they're always, you can't have like an exact like rhythm to how you ski them. Like, cause they're, they're just, they're inconsistent. Some are deeper, some are shallower, they're shorter, they're longer. Uh, they're all different. Um, and so you have to be able to just go with that. But the thing that as I got better at moguls, that was really interesting is I got way more used to getting out of balance and being able to recover from that and just keep skiing. Yeah. Whereas like before, like if I got out of balance at all, it was just like you would just freak out and figure out how can I stop before I die. Uh, And that's kind of like when I see like people that aren't used to skiing moguls, it's like, like they get a little bit out of balance, which happens like it's, it's almost going to happen because the, because the moguls are so inconsistent, you're going to get out of balance and like can you learn to get comfortable kind of getting out of balance and then just get back on the balance with what you're doing um and how how i'm bringing this back to shooting and, and how i think it's really relevant to to shooting like if you watch if you ever squad with somebody like nils uh guys like that it's it's not that they don't mess up yeah they have they have more stages that are really good but they also have stages where like it looks like everything goes wrong for them. Like they'll shoot themselves into a standing reload and then they'll, they'll go to war with a piece of steel or something like that. And you're going to be sitting there thinking like, Oh wow, that was, that was not good. And then you get the actual time and it's like, okay, they were maybe like a second and a half off of what their normal run was, but they're still, they still might've either won the stage or they're still like, 90% 90% of the stage. Whereas if I made similar mistakes like that, it's like, okay, I just finished that stage at like maybe 70% rather than, yeah. rather than much higher up. Um, and like, it's just that ability to, to recover and keep going when things get uncomfortable that somebody with a lot more match experience and the better shooters are just seem to be able to do better at that uh there's just they don't freak out they just they just fix what they were doing and just keep going and and they're able to do it in a way that doesn't actually hurt them that bad so that they don't have stages yeah. they don't have the stages that are like 50 or 60 percent they're not giving up massive amount of points on a single stage even when they make yeah. what looks like really bad errors Mm-hmm. yeah for sure so I don't know That's how to train really that necessarily. Like, I don't know how to how to how to how to train it, but I, I that is something that separates uh, guys like that uh, that try to try to learn how to be uncomfortable uh, and recover whenever you're uncomfortable. Kind of like 
kind of like when you're skiing. Uh, you got to learn how to kind of get off balance and then regain your balance without having to stop. Yeah. I mean, I got an idea how you could, how you could train it. Okay. Uh, let's hear it. Next, next match that we shoot against each other. Just let me load your mags and okay. I'll sabotage them. And that way you can train it. I'll just help you out, man. Yeah. That sounds like a good training plan. Um, I'm, it's going to be real bad if I let you do that and I still beat you. Uh, that'll be a problem <laughs> for you. But That would be a know. problem. But that is a risk I'm willing to take. <laughs> uh, I think one way that – I think one way that uh, you can train that – because this is something that I've probably been very guilty of. Like in practice, if something goes like, like really wrong – then oftentimes I'm yeah. just I'll I will stop that I'll just stop in the middle of that run like oh yeah okay let's just fix it um rather than going ahead and completing the run and trying to get through it and that's probably something that I could probably do better at is is completing even when something goes wrong trying to complete the run as yep. as best mm-hmm. you can um, no I think that would sometimes be a great, sometimes like, for me it's not possible but yeah yeah. Just like it, make the decision like training this season, like when the timer goes off, like no matter what happens, you're going to do, you're going to finish what you started when the timer started, right? Yeah. That would be a good training protocol, I think. Yeah. Yeah, I think so. I think that's probably a smart thing to do. Um, Because in all honesty, like, your absolute best run in training is almost irrelevant. And yet we spend uh, at least, well, I'm very guilty of spending most of my time of trying to get my absolute best run at something, but that's somewhat irrelevant to your match performance because you're never going to get your best run almost ever on a stage. Yeah. 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 No, I feel like that, that sort of training is more for, pushing up your your ceiling right um and that's that's really important but you also have to make sure you raise your floor as well um Mm, and that's that's the difference in me yeah we're using lots of analogies great that's the difference i feel like that's the difference in me and a lot of really good shooters is i feel like my floor is just so much lower than theirs uh and that's just what that's just the way it feels that my floor is much lower than a lot of a lot of other really good shooters. Um, what makes you I better than really bad shooters? That. What makes me better than really bad shooters? Yeah, what's the uh, difference? <laughs> well, probably there's the the amount of effort that I've put into it. Uh, is, that's okay. really the only difference. Have you met anybody in this sport that's like? tries really stinking hard and still sucks pretty bad um i don't i don't know if i know many people who have put like as much effort into it as i have and been worse than me Mm, okay (laughs) Uh, i'm but there, there are. I mean, some, that's that's good news. That's, yeah, that's good news for people. Uh, no, that's bad news. They they know that if they try really hard, like at least they're not going to be any worse than you, right? Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. Uh, that's probably a positive for them. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'm trying to. I'm trying to think. I mean, there's there's not that many people out there that there's not. The, the pool of people who actually put like like a ton of effort into the sport is actually very small because even there's yeah. still there's a lot of people who are are better at a lot better at this that have put a lot less effort in it than I have but they're still like they're better than me um mm-hmm. yeah so yeah yeah I don't know um that's a that's kind of a Yeah, that's an interesting question as far as and it's hard to know cuz people don't most people don't go out and advertise like how much they actually train or anything like that. 
Um, but I don't see too many people who are like really like dry firing every day, maybe multiple times a day, shooting 20 to 30,000 yeah. rounds a year, traveling to, you know, eight to 10 major matches a year. You don't see too many people like that that aren't aren't GMs. Like like you just don't yeah. see yeah. you don't see that happen too much. Um and I could be I, I'm not trying to like maybe there are lots of people out there like that that I just don't know of. Um Yeah. Hmm. So yeah, it's uh I'm looking forward to the season. I'm looking forward to competing with Jeff several times this season. Hopefully uh, yeah. we'll shoot a bunch of the same matches together. So that'll be fun. Uh, at least three. Crap. Hopefully it's a. Or at least, at least four, probably. Ozarks, Area 3, uh, Ironsight Nationals, Ipsic Nationals. Um, yeah. If you come shoot this match in New Mexico, uh, that would give us five matches. Which uh, you should, because you come stay at my place, and then we can drive over. That would be cool. So yeah, I bet uh, we have four um, or five matches. Yeah, for sure. Um. All right, let's talk about the single stack raid. It has been named. Okay. Yeah. By myself. Single stack raid. Uh, we've, we've talked about this several times. We've talked about it on the Discord. Uh, we want to pick a match which is not a single stack. Some people don't understand this. We're not trying to. We're not trying to create a single stack only match. We don't want that. What we want to have is a regular match where there's all the divisions there, uh, and yet single stack ends up being a very populated division for this match. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Um. So. The, the challenges of it are there There are people that want to do it, but the people who want to do it are spread out over the entire country. And so like trying to find one that's convenient for everyone is like, it's impossible. Uh, the other thing is the other, the other challenge is to pick a match uh, that isn't super meaningful to anybody, but it's also not close to like, it can't be real close to nationals. Like it can't be like right before carry optics nationals, or it can't be like late September right before iron sight nationals and open nationals and stuff like that. Cause people want to be yeah. focusing on whatever their main division is for those matches. Um, so that's, that's then the, those are the, mm -hmm. those are the kind of the challenges and the parameters that we're looking at. Uh, we kind of have two matches that I think Jeff and I are both looking at. Um, I, for me, like it's, I have a, like, I have like seven or eight matches on my schedule and that's a pretty full, for me, that's probably a pretty full match schedule for the rest of the year for me to try to attend, uh, and get to, um, so then adding, adding a different one that I wasn't going to shoot already is going to be hard. Like, and, and adding one that's like really far away, uh, is probably like, it could still happen at that match, but probably I won't be able to, I wouldn't be attending it. Um, yeah. So then with that being said, there's two matches that both Jeff and I are, are intending to attend. They're on back to back weekends. So it's the first weekend and second weekend of August. Uh, one would be, uh, I can't remember the name of it, but it's here in New Mexico. It's in Clovis, New Mexico. Uh, the first weekend of August, and I don't remember the exact name of that match, but I think it's the New Mexico State mm -hmm. Championship match uh, is going to be there. Um, that would be a cool match. Is the range is supposed to be really cool? Uh, the cool thing about that, which I would I would offer, uh, is that it's an hour and a half from my house, um, and I have two bays uh, here at my house that we could, if we wanted to have like a kind of a single stack. Uh, summit get together training day the day before I couldn't do that for 50 people that'd probably be kind of limited to like 10 people because there's only two bays so that gives you like five per bay um, yeah so uh, you could do more than 10 it would just be you'd have to go in relays as far as different times that people train at different times a day which would be fine um, 
but we could do that. Uh, I could cook a brisket or two and, uh, then we could, you know, we could hang out at my house, train for a day and then go over and shoot the match, uh, the next, next couple of days. Um, so that would be, I think that would be kind of cool and fun to be able to do. Um, the other option is the very next weekend, the second weekend of August is area three, uh, which is middle of the country, about as middle of the country as you can get. Um, it's a good time. Both, both weekends are a good time of year as far as they're not close to any, they're not close to any other like nationals or anything like that. Uh, yeah. And Matt Hopkins is designing stages for area three this year. Like he did last year, the stages were good last year. I expect him to actually be better this year because he's had, had a year of experience under his belt. Um, so those are the two that we're, that we're mainly looking at. Is that, is that fair, Jeff? Yeah. Yeah. And they both, uh, the New Mexico match looks really solid. Like it looks like it's going to be an event from the yeah. like match description and practice score. All staff reset, um, which is cool shooting single stack. Cause you got a lot of mags to deal with and so yeah, yeah, all match reset should be cool. That would be a cool match. Cause I, I like it's a new match, and so it'd be a cool match. Like it'd probably be helpful for them to have more people show up. Uh, so that would be that would be cool. Um, that that is my preference for it to be at that match. But uh, we need input from other people. We'll kind of do it whichever one the most people can attend. And so, if you yeah, have an interest, they're, in they're that, about the same. They're about the same price. They're both. I think area three is two hundred dollars and. This one's 220. New Mexico one is. Area 3 registration opens in a week. Okay. And this one is currently open. And it just says spots available. It doesn't say how many spots are left. Uh, so yeah, they're very, very comparable. This is a 12-stage yeah. match. And I guess Area 3 is probably... 12 or is it 12 right 12 or 14 uh normally 12 12 yeah i think uh no it's been 14 in the past it may be 14 because they'll sometimes they'll put double they'll double up stages uh, on a yeah. couple of bays and so double up a couple of short yeah stages. my thing would be i just want the most people to be involved in in this thing that we're doing so if you can't make two matches and you're planning on going to area three, uh, let us know. Cause if that's quite a few people, they're like, Oh, well I'm going way out to area three. I can't also go way out to New Mexico, you know, an adjacent yeah. week, then fine. Yep. We'll just do area three and everybody can show up area three. Yeah. I would be fine with that. Um, so some feedback, please. One yep. of those two. Feedback though. will be helpful. Yeah, one of those two. Yep. All right. And... Uh, that's a good podcast. Um, thank you guys for listening. If you made it this far, we appreciate you listening. And uh, send us any questions, comments, anything like that. Uh, we have been invited. We cannot, I, I know Jeff and I cannot make it this year, but we may look for it for next year. We have been invited to for the podcast to go to alaska they have a a sectional match up there which sounds awesome because they're like uh i was a guy that was squatted with me at western states uh was from alaska actually a couple guys were from alaska uh he was like yeah y'all need y'all come out uh several people at the their local club there like they they do some guiding and stuff like that so we can come out shoot a match they'll put together some like guided fishing trips and stuff like that uh and you go to alaska in the middle of the Mm -hmm. summer which just be i've never been to alaska that'd be really cool so maybe for 2024 uh we'll look at putting that putting that on the schedule uh and then another guy from california uh also invited us to come shoot a match out there and that match sounds really fun too um I don't love supporting California in any sort of way because California is California, but there's California has a huge shooting community. 
uh, and a really cool shooting community out there. Um, and the match sounded sounded like a ton of fun as well. So maybe for 2024, we'll try to look to schedule one of those, which would be cool. Yeah, I have a bunch of family in California. Maybe I'd go visit them. That's, I don't think that surprises anybody. <laughs> it's so strange. Whatever. Yeah. <laughs> all right. That's all I got. All right. Thank you, everybody. Uh, we'll talk to you later.